Numbers chapter number 11. As God's people, we should be the most happy and really joyful people there is. The people in the world who don't know Christ, they live for this world. So as we all know, we have problems and there are struggles and their joy is just dependent on their circumstances. It's dependent upon how life is going, so it's up and down for them. But as God's children, we always have something to rejoice for, something to rejoice in. And tonight we're going to look at Israel and they give us really a bad example, an example of what we don't want in our lives. So, you know, sometimes God gives us things in the Bible that we should pattern our lives after, and then sometimes we see things that we should learn from and avoid. And tonight, this is what we should avoid in our lives. Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1. The Bible says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. I'm going to stop on that verse, and tonight we're going to focus on complaining. And I think that is part of our human nature. Some people struggle more than others, but I would say that all of us in this room at times struggle with complaining. And how does God feel about us complaining? Tonight we're going to look at that and hopefully you'll learn something and God will bless us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word tonight. Thank You for the truth. And I pray that, God, You would be with our pastor as he's away and bless the service there and keep him safe as he travels home, Lord. And I pray tonight that as we hear Your Word, that Your Spirit would just speak to our hearts. God, help us to be open and willing Lord, to see things in our lives that maybe should not be there, and God, be willing to correct that. I pray for Your blessing, Lord, and I pray for for really You to to be with us, God, to meet with us tonight, and just work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now here, the children of Israel, if there was one characteristic that I can see throughout their lives as they leave Egypt and try to, as they come into the Promised Land, They complain a lot. And it's interesting because God had done some wonderful things for them. Some things that none of us have ever even seen. And they experienced such great deliverance that it's surprising to me that these people would always find something to complain about. But they do. And so I'm going to look at really four points tonight about complaining. Number one, I think complaining gives us a bad testimony. Think about it. Think about these people who God had delivered. God had put His name with these people. It was associated with them as they left the land of Egypt and God brought them to the promised land. Their name went before them and people feared them because of God that was with them. And then imagine these people who who whine and complain all the time about how things are in their life, how things aren't right, how things aren't fair. And uh, look in verse 4 with me. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again, and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. 
the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Here they are complaining once again. And it was about food. God had provided for them this manna which they were tired of. And they said, God, we're tired of this. I remember back in Egypt, whenever I sat in front of this nice fire and they cooked me a good fish dinner and I had all the fixings with it and it was wonderful. But now I got this bread out here and I just, I'm sick of it. And that's how they were. That's, they weren't even really asking God in, in a prayer, God, can we have this? It was just a complaint. God, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this in my life. And that's a bad testimony. Imagine as we go out and as you go to work tomorrow, and people probably know you, they probably know your faith. Hopefully they do. They probably know you go to church. And then maybe you've witnessed to them before and told them about Jesus. And then if they sit there and they listen to you complain over and over and over again, what is going to make that person want to ever come to Jesus Christ? They look at a person who's just like them. They're miserable. They're unhappy. They have nothing to rejoice in. How is that going to affect the world around us? When we complain, think about what it does for you, for you in this room who have children. If you're constantly complaining with your husband or your wife and always finding something to be upset about, what kind of example does that leave to our children? Does that show them that we rejoice in the Lord? Does that show them that we have something to be thankful for? In, uh, in the Bible, and, and I think it's, in, uh, it's either in Peter or Timothy, it talks about the end times, how there's going to be you know, people who are disobedient. And, and one of the things it says, people are, are unthankful. People are unthankful. That, that's what is going to be in the last days. And we are living in that day today. But also, they had a problem with that. So I know for us, we can also have that problem in our lives. And we want to be representatives of Jesus Christ tonight. I hope you do. The Bible calls for us to be a light. To be a testimony. And what kind of testimony is it for people who don't rejoice in God but always have something bad to say? What testimony does that leave behind for people? But also complaining, it robs God of the praise that He deserves. I'll read a couple of verses. You don't have to turn there. But just listen as I read these verses. Psalm 29 and verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Psalms 145 and verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. Psalms 92, verse 1, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto Thy name, O Most High. And then Ephesians, verse five twenty, Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we could go on and on and on. There's a lot of verses about that, especially in the Psalms. And... When we read the Bible, it, it doesn't suggest that we praise God. It commands that we praise God. God deserves praise. The Bible says praise is due unto Him. 
that He deserves it, especially from His people. God deserves it from everybody. But the people who have put their faith and trust in Him above everybody else are to praise God. We have something to thank God for in this room tonight. If you put your faith in Him, just like Israel. When I think about Israel, and, and you know, we're not going to go over all of their story, but they had a lot to be thankful for. A lot. And when we compare our lives, we have a lot to be thankful for. If God only did one thing for me by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins and wash all my sins away, that's enough for the rest of my life to praise Him for. That is, I promise you. Yet we can find, and I'm the same way, we can find little things that set us off. Little things that bother us. Little things that don't go the way we planned for them to go. And we got to choose how we're going to respond to that. It's a selfish person who complains. It's a person who always wants to get his way or her way, and it doesn't go their way. So what do they do? Instead of thanking God for what they have, they say, life's unfair. I deserve more. I deserve better. Things didn't go the way that they should have went. But let me tell you, life, and I know you guys know this, life doesn't go the way we plan. We plan one thing, and it's possible it's going to go the complete opposite. But what does that mean? Does that mean that God is not in control? Does that mean that, that God doesn't know what He's doing? No, God does. God knows what He's doing. God knows what's best for us in our lives. And we need the Lord and we need to praise Him. Has there, think back in your life. Has there ever been one time where complaining has benefited you? When I read from, the, from that psalm, it says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. The Bible says it's good. I can promise you this, you're going to go through dark times in this life. And one of the things that helps us through the dark times is praising God. And if you sit there and you focus on everything that's wrong and everything that's bad, that is not good for you. It's not good for you. And there's people that do that. And there's Christians that do that. They look at all the bad. And they miss the benefits and the blessings of God that are all around them. God is good. God's works are good. And even when it's bad, God is good. Because He's working. And He's doing something. I think about Brother Kuzel. Think about Brother Kuzel. As he gets attacked and... He could have bummed out over this. He could have said, you know, this isn't fair. But he rejoiced in this. And then look at this man who put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What a blessing, right? He picked up these hitchhikers. He was doing a good thing. And a bad thing happened when he tried to help somebody. But guess what? God took care of him, didn't He? And God can use the bad in our life to bless others. But sometimes we're so selfish. Sometimes all we think about is us. And this is really where complaining comes in. When you focus on all you, you're going to find a lot of things to complain about. Because, like I said, things don't always go the way you want. People don't always treat you the way you want to be treated. But when we keep our focus on God, man, we can rejoice. We can have something to thank Him for every day. And we should. 
Every day we should focus on the good things that God has given to us in our lives. And, and these, these Israelites, in verse 5, when I read it, said we remember the fish and the, and, the, and the garlics and the onions. You know what they were remembering? They didn't remember God bringing these plagues into Egypt, yet keeping them safe. They didn't remember going out of the land and then getting to the Red Sea and it opening up and God bringing them through. You know what they remembered? Man, I had fish back there. Wow, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? But yet at the same time, I think sometimes we forget what Jesus did for us. I think we focus on, man, you know what? I'm having a bad day. And, that, and then we just start thinking about everything that's gone wrong. But don't forget about the cross. Don't forget about the agony of Jesus Christ as He hung there for your sins. What a blessing. God is so good. But also, complaining displeases God. And that was very clear. God made that very clear in verse number 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. We should be concerned about what God thinks. We should be concerned about what, how God feels toward us. And it matters. It matters to God. Things sometimes don't matter that much to us, but it mattered so much to God that it angered Him. And that anger, the Bible says, He sent down fire and consumed some of those people. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Over-complaining? Some might think, well, what's the big deal? It mattered to God. Because God had done so much for them, and yet they were ungrateful. But man, let's focus on us tonight. God has done so much for us. Sometimes why are we ungrateful? Sometimes why are we so unhappy? We all get there, I think. And this, this world, it, it'll wear you down. But once again, life... The Christian life is not about everything that I can get out of it. God, how can you bless me? God, how can you work in my life? But there's a mentality like that among some religious groups today. What can I get out of it? How is God going to bless me? How is God going to benefit me today? And that mentality, it's, it's wrong. And... We need to be focusing on God's plan for our life and also on others. God wants us to care about other people. God wants us to love other people. And really, we live in this generation and in this world where everybody feels entitled to everything. Like it should just be given to them. Like everything should go the way they plan. And when it doesn't, what do they do? They shut down now. Instead of people dealing with things and learning how to... No, they, they say, I didn't get what I wanted. Life's not fair. I'm not doing this. And, and you know, rioting. and It's crazy. It's crazy the world we live in today. But that is our world. And you know what? As, as a Christian, God does not owe me anything. Do you know that? God doesn't know... He doesn't owe you anything. But guess what? If you put your faith in Jesus, you owe Him everything. You do. And I know that people who, people who don't realize how vile they are, people who have never come to Jesus for salvation, this doesn't, might not mean much to you. But for those in this room who we've realized how sinful we were before a holy God and how He forgave us of all of our sins, we owe Him everything. 
everything. And the Christianity of today is, is weak sometimes. Whenever things come that, aren't, that, are, that are tough and difficult, they just give up and turn their back on God and say, God, why would you do that? But we know why God does what He does. Because He's good and He's right and He's just. And He's working. He's working a plan. I can't see His plan. I can't see from beginning to end. But I know He's doing things that are good. And if I trust Him, God will bring good out of the situations in my life. Like I said, man, they, they use Christianity now to say, if you follow God, you're going to have prosperity, you're going to have good health, you're going to, and, and, and people love that. They eat it up. They want to see that. But let me help you understand what prosperity was in the Bible. Think about Joseph tonight. The Bible says in several places that everything Joseph did, God caused him to prosper, didn't he? That's great. He was, he was a prosperous man. If you look at the end of his life, you think, wow, God put him up in this position. But don't forget that he was sold into slavery. Don't forget that when he was a slave, he was accused and thrown into prison and forgotten. You see, Joseph prospered. God prospered him. But that doesn't mean that God said, hey, you're free from all these troubles. No. God caused him to prosper in his troubles. And see that, that right there. What if Joseph would have thrown up his hands and said, God, I quit. I'm sick of this. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm doing it all right and nothing's benefiting me. What if he would have had that mentality? I think sometimes people who trust in God and love God, I think sometimes they have that mentality. God's always going to make it work out the way I want. But I'm, I'm going to tell you tonight, He's not. He's not going to. You know, even Jesus, He didn't cater to people's needs. He didn't tell them, if you follow Me, you're going to have everything your heart desires. It's going to be great. No. In fact, a lot of times what He told people, it turned them off to following Him. They said, no way, I'm out. I don't want to get involved in this. But that's, that's, that's the God we serve. And some people, you know, they may not like that, but I tell you what, I'd rather have God and go through hard times and, and have troubles and know that He's with me than to live a carefree life and die in my sins and go to hell one day. I'll take God. I'll choose God. He's good. He is good. And then think about David too. I was reading the other day and I read about his prosperity and how God was, was you know, really establishing him as a king. But that didn't come easy as well. If you read about David, he was on the run for his life from Saul for quite a while. And it was difficult. And he had a lot of hard times. But yet, if we read the Psalms, you will find a lot of Psalms from David. And guess what? Does he sit there and say, wow, God, you treated me bad. This was horrible. No, he doesn't have anything to complain about. He praises God and said, God, you are the one I trusted in. You brought me through everything. You were there for me. And that's the God we serve tonight. He's worthy. You think Paul? I mean, Paul, he's a prosperous man in my opinion, but not money-wise. You know what? A lot of times people, they view prosperity as how much money I have in my bank account or how much luxury I have in my life. But if that's your definition of prosperity, then don't come to God for it because there's no guarantee He's going to give you that. He might. 
He might give you wealth. But what's worth more than that is what He's going to give us one day when we leave this life. And even in this life, though, He blesses us, doesn't He? Doesn't God bless us? He's good. He's a good God. So complaining is a bad testimony. Complaining robs God of His praise. Complaining displeases the Lord. And then also complaining, a lot of the time, is directed toward authority. And the reason I want to point this out tonight is because I believe it's important to really know, to really focus on this. Because I see it in the Bible and I think God wants us to see it as well. So keep your place here in Numbers and turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to go over a few of these times where the Israelites complained. And tonight I just want to show you what I think a lot of times happens. Exodus chapter 14, and look in verse 11. They said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we, than that we should die in the wilderness. That, that, that's crazy thinking, but look at who they directed it to. Moses. Moses was the leader God chose. And they said, you brought us out here. We told you to leave us alone. We wanted to stay where we were. It would have been better to die in Egypt than to die out here and be hungry and tired. But that's who it was directed toward. Then turn, turn to chapter 15. And we'll look in verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Once again, who do they complain to? Moses. Then look in chapter 16. 16, and we'll, we'll look in verse 2 start with. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and, were, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I mean, that, that's a pretty big accusation, don't you think? Moses, you brought us out here so we could die. I, I don't understand their thinking there. And then look in verse 8 of this chapter, because Moses is going to show them what their real problem is. Verse 8, And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. He said, God's going to give you the food you've been begging for. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against Him. You know what Moses said to him? You're murmuring not against us, but against God. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And I'll tell you what tonight, God, God uses authority. God places leaders, and God is the one, the Bible makes it clear, God is the one who has established authority. And tonight, I, I just as I read through this, I don't want to miss this opportunity to, to say that God uses leaders in our lives and that we ought to really respect the authority that God has placed. Now, we all know that there is, there is no man that is perfect. 
No leader was ever perfect. The only perfect person that ever lived on this earth was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. No man has been perfect, though. And when God puts a leader in here, a lot of times people like to focus on what the leader's doing, what he's not doing, and, and they complain about it. But I tell you tonight, I would be careful by doing that. Because you're not complaining just against a man. You're complaining against God. You're complaining against the authority that God has placed in your life. Children, when you complain about your parents, you don't just complain about your parents, but you complain about God who placed your parents over you. In the church, when we complain about a pastor and say, man, look at this guy, and they have all these negative things to say, we're not just complaining about the pastor of a church. We're complaining against God and His leadership in our life. I believe that. I believe that's taught in the Bible. And I believe that, that we ought to be careful. In Numbers chapter 12, we're not going to read through a lot of it, but Numbers chapter 12, you should be close if you held your place. The Bible says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. So now here they're complaining against Moses. In verse 2 they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath He not spoken also by us, and the Lord heard it? So they were a little jealous here, and they said, Moses, you're not the only one who can speak. And if, if you know this chapter, or if you've read it before, Miriam immediately gets leprosy. And that was God's judgment upon her life right there. For speaking out against the authority God had placed. God put the authority there. And God puts the authority, I'm telling you, in the local churches. He puts the authority in, in our home. In our jobs, a lot of people feel feel free to speak out against the authority and complain about it. I know that's true in my work for sure. And I talked to somebody this morning who said, you know, management, they're always to blame. They're at fault. It's always them. And that's how people think. That's their mentality today. It's always the management. It's always, it's always the authority. And that's how these people felt. And you know what? I, I'm not a person who believes in worshiping a man. We don't follow a man. We follow Jesus Christ. As, as Brother Smith spoke on this morning about you know, people following Paul as he followed Christ, it's not that they just said, oh, there's a man, let's worship him. Even though that happens, that does happen. People worship a man and people follow a man sometimes. But we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And we follow the leadership He has placed in our life. There's safety in that. And there's blessings in that. God puts a blessing on those who really follow the authority that He's placed in their lives. And when we complain, it's very hard on the authority. It's very hard on the people who are leading us. And I just want to show you this tonight in, in Numbers 11, because the Bible is going to let us see what Moses, really how he was feeling during this time. In verse number 10, chapter 11, verse 10, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, 
as the nursing father bared the sucking child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give unto us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. Now I think Moses was in a bad place here. And his thinking wasn't very clear and wasn't right on. But we got to admit this is how he felt. This is the burden that, put, that the people had put upon him. And it was the constant complaining, the constant bickering. And he said, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And when I read this, I think about the fact that we have leadership in our life. And really, tonight, just thinking about our pastor. And I, I, I'm thankful for the pastor we have. And this church has been through a lot. It's had its ups, it's had its downs. And one thing to think about when you think of any pastor or missionary, think about the burdens that they bear from the people. And I don't know, you know, it's not like I talk to him and he tells me, but Moses felt this way. I would consider Moses to be one of the greatest leaders we, we ever have known about. It estimated, we don't know how many people came out of Egypt and followed him, but on the low end, 2.4 million would be the low end. Could have been more. We have no idea. And he had all these people that he was leading and constant complaining. So imagine that burden that he had. But then also, let's not forget about our pastor. Let's not forget about the burdens that he bears for us as a church. I'm thankful to God for the authority that he's given to us. And we ought to respect that authority and we ought to do everything we can to be helpful, to pray for him. I've seen complaining in this church. I remember services where just people were just in an, they were upset, and as they stood up here, all they did was complain about, in my opinion, they were petty things. And it happens. It happens. You know how it happens? Because someone starts complaining to another person, and they said, "Man, did you know what happened here?" And then that person says, "Oh, let me go tell this person." So then all this complaining starts happening. And we might think, oh, you know what, we have it so bad. But think about the leader and the responsibility he has. The Bible says that the pastor of a church, he watches for your soul. He cares for you. He loves you. He, lo you know, he, he gives us love. He cares. He cares enough to get into the Bible and say, God, what do you have for your people? And then he brings that message to us. And sometimes we take that message and say, God, I don't want to hear that. And, you know, we take it out, but in our pastor, he, he bears burdens. All of them do. All pastors who, who truly serve God and love God, they bear burdens. And complaining people makes the burden even heavier. It makes it heavy. So as a church member tonight, because I look across this room and see a lot of church members. As a church member, I tell you what, just say, God, help me as a Christian too, but help me not to always be a complainer. Because God, when He looks at God doesn't look at it and think, oh, that's no big... No, it displeased the Lord. It greatly angered Him. And, and, I, and I'll tell you what, 
in this story, even I see the compassion of God, because this wasn't the first time they complained here. God didn't bring down fire the very first time they started complaining. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had a chance. But it was time and time and time and time again. I don't want to be that person tonight. You know what? We have something we have something to rejoice in. We have a great God that we serve. And let, let, like I said, let's also tonight just think about those who are over us. Children, I know you think mom and dad, when you're young, they might have terrible rules and you, don't, you just can't live with it, but they care for you. They love you. And even complaining from children can be trying at times. When they constantly complain about the leadership that you have, and I tell you what, we shouldn't be like that. Don't go to work. Don't go to work and badmouth your bosses all the time. That's not, that's not how God wants us to operate. You might say, well, this person's terrible and I got all these great ideas and they don't know what they're doing. But you know what? We're not, I, I, sometimes I hear that. I hear people say, man, if I was running this place, I'd blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I hope you never run this place. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's always got a better idea. Oh, I can do this better. No, let's just say, God, thank you for what you've done and help me to just obey the leadership that you've given in my life. Because, you know, God, I think He's placed it there for our benefit as well. God, God wants that leadership. Because God, it's not that God can't speak. God speaks to us all individually. But... Through God's divine wisdom, He chose leaders. Not all of us to get up here and say, this is how I'm going to run the church. No, that's not how God chose it. God didn't, God didn't work that way. God picked a man, and God said, I'm going to use this man. Now, of course, Jesus Christ is our supreme authority. But God uses leaders that are, under us, are over us in this life to really bless us. So let's... You know what? Let's get out of here and let's rejoice and praise God when you go to work. When you have a hard time, I encourage you, don't focus on the negative. Say, God, thank you for what you've done. And just see what God can do. See what God can do. I'm not saying when you go through a hard time, it's going to take every problem away, but it's going to make you feel a lot better if you praise God for what He's done.